0: charlotte soccer show john hayes danny brams we're here at a very familiar spot on this wednesday evening in the qc danny brams we're outside here at triple c
1: on a massive massive day in charlotte fc history we had to bring it back to one of our core locations for sure triple c probably have recorded here more than any other spot that i can think of uh over the course of the last year we've been doing the show and it's good to be here man we uh As as you so aptly captioned on uh, the Twitter machine earlier today, the prince that was promised has arrived. The the man we've been waiting for forever, Enzo Copetti, is here.
0: Yesterday, that is Tuesday, the club tweeted out a tease. A little tease Keith. A little tease (laughs) that an Argentinian is coming soon. And they didn't wait very long. uh, They they announced it at 10 a.m., I believe it was, (laughs) Yeah. in the morning today. When they said
1: soon, they meant it.
0: And... There was a ton of content ready and prepared. What was the club doing during the last month? They were just making sure they got all the highlights, <laughs> yeah. all the social media assets.
1: Uh, Getting the graphic design team yeah, on it g- overtime for sure. Make
0: sure the, the article is, is ready to go for the website. Yep. And make sure the visa is – oh, wait. The visa is not quite ready yet. No, we still got to
1: wait on the visa <laughs> process. That's always the, uh, the stickler. It, that was a big issue for Charlotte FC last year was the, the visas and, and guys take it missing time in practice because they were still finishing off visa processes and the, su- the summer signings took forever to get their visas sorted out. So that all sucked. But Copetti's here. Triple C, the the the, the fourth C is for Copetti, let's call it. And uh, we're drinking beers. Uh, we're listening to some jam band Muzak. Triple C always gives has a different Muzak channel on every time we're here. They're playing widespread panic right now. They did a fish Cover of Stevie Wonder earlier. This is like my wheelhouse. I cannot wait to, to do this episode on such an exciting day with such tremendous music. What are you drinking?
0: Cheers to that. I, I am, I'm drinking actually a new beer here at Triple C. Uh, it's an extra special bitter. An ESB? And, an ESB. And it's called aptly Across the Pond. <laughs> so it's and, like a British style beer. A, exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I love that type of beer. And, I'm drinking it, even though today is the day that Charlotte FC announced Enzo Capetti. It's something, hey, let, let's be real. We all knew that this was going to get done at some point. You can go back to our episodes from a month ago, and, and we talked about everything. And, sure. And, and, we'll, and we'll do it again here on the show, because obviously this is this is massive news. But it's for our boy Westwood.
1: Ah, the other big signing. Yeah, we haven't really, we've talked about, but we haven't really delved in, and now we will, obviously. But yeah, celebrating old, old Ashley Westwood. I love it. So it's not just
0: a competti party tonight. It's a, it's a Charlotte FC party because this team right now has made a ton of moves. There's a lot to talk about. We're going to get into the roster. We're, we're going to get into the competition. We're going to get into preseason training now. Danny Bram's underway. There was one uh, training day here in Charlotte. Then then the entire team got on uh, the plane together. Most of the team, anyway, got on a plane down to Fort Lauderdale to enjoy some sunny South Florida weather. Keep those uh, muscle injuries uh, you know, out of training when you're in that nice, warm weather yeah. down in South Florida. So I think it's it's a smart move by the club. Christian Latanzio um, speaking to the media. Enzo Capetti today, the Zoom press conference as well. So, uh, again, there's ton of, a, a ton to talk about. We have a, a bunch of questions from our tremendous friends of the show. Oof. Thank you so much for coming in strong. And I, I think the amount of questions and, and the interest – today specifically for this podcast is just a reflection of what this signing means for the club so I want to start there Right. l tank put, let's put things into perspective what what is this signing for for Charlotte FC when you consider the short history of the franchise
1: well it's it's uh, it's, a, it's a statement of intent and uh, just before I get too far into what I mean by that let me just mention oh, yeah, you've got to be I'm, I am, I'm drinking a uh, if, you, if you're a big-time fan of the show, you've always heard us, whenever we're at Triple C, you've definitely heard us mention the running club that meets here and gathers and goes for runs all around. So I, I, uh, I'm i not a runner, like a tremendous friend of the show, James Paul Perez uh, and his exploits, but I'm still drinking the run club celebration because it's an American red ale, and I'm I'm trying to branch out from the IPAs, and I, I love a red ale. Do you I'm like a, it? Yeah, I do like it, yeah. I'm a big fan of uh, Red Oak, which brews here in Carolina, just up the, up, uh, the highway. And uh, but this is the Triple C Red Ale and it's tremendous. It makes I, I might go for a run later just, you know, who knows.
0: You say Red Oak and that reminds me. That those are the beers that were flowing at the Kilted Buffalo on yep. World Cup final yep. match day. We were yeah. there having morning beers. Yeah. Some some red ales in the morning.
1: Red Ale might be my new thing in 2023. Who knows, you know. It could, could be the the go-to when IPAs was my 2022.
0: Speaking of that World Cup final, Enzo Capetti not in the
1: squad. Why not?
0: <laughs> but he's, he's here made, he's in know. Charlotte. And obviously, when you win World Cup and you have a loaded roster like that, it's tough to, to break into that roster. Yeah. When,
1: he, when you saw the way Latoro Mart- Martinez played in the World Cup, you'd you question why didn't they take Copetti instead, I guess. But I don't know how serious Copetti was in, in the national team plans, but he did have a tremendous year of, of goal after goal uh, at a club and led them to a title uh, – now he's come here to lead us to a title. You asked what it meant, what does it mean in the short history of this club? It's a statement of intent. It's a sta- like, we're going to get a champion. We're going to get someone who knows how to win, who knows how to score goals, who can score. You've mentioned this. He scores with the left, he scores with the right, he scores with the head. I mean, we could expect to see a natural hat trick at some point in this season. Who Wouldn't that be amazing? He's a, his movement. So when you talk about what Coppetti does well, if you never watched this guy play, I have happened to watch him a, uh, a decent amount. He moves so well without the ball. And that's a, something that I've always credited uh, Ben Bender with. I think Ben Bender moves really well without the ball, which he has to do since he always loses the ball. But Copetti's even better than that in terms of like finding spaces in in the defense, making runs. Uh, and if you saw, this was like there's plenty of highlight videos you can get on YouTube. The coolest highlight video I've I've seen in a long time. One of the best edits. And, and you mentioned the the what was the what was the club uh, graphics team and social media department, a video editing department doing while we waited for the sign to become official. They made this badass edit of, like, Westwood to Copetti clips, and it was, you, like, you would see a pass from Westwood in a Burnley game, and then it would cut to uh, the, a, the perfect angle of, like, Copetti, like, finishing that pass from Westwood uh, in, in a Rossing game. So, like, really well done on the edit. Tons of respect. You and I have both uh, worked around video and audio editing a ton in our lives, and so we have a lot of respect for that. And uh, it just, like, I'm fired up. I, I, I really think, I'm thinking, like, 20 goals. I'm thinking, like, 30 goal contributions, like goals plus assists. Like, I really think this guy's just going to, like, bl- blow up for us. And when you add an Ashley Westwood, who who has the service, and when you ha- when you can then free up Carol Swiderski, Copetti mentioned in his press conference, I know that Carol has thrived as a playmaker, and, and our skills complement each other.
0: Yeah, so, he says in a press conference today, one of the quotes from Kopetti uh, on Swiderski was, quote, I saw him in the game against Argentina he played that first half sure. in the world cup the only really should have played the second play. should have yeah. played the second half too and that's what else he had in the world cup uh, he said i think he is more of a forward not a natural striker he can create and help give me service get him the ball yeah. I, I think and the, i think he,
1: Carol would say the same thing right i
0: think he would i think that's part of ultimately what this partnership is you know it's like you don't have to be a natural striker i'm coming into this system here and i'm going to take that Job out off of your shoulders. You're, you right. know, right. A- it's not something you have to worry about, about anymore. Yeah, like, yeah exactly. Listen, yeah. You know, Carol, you're you're a good player. You love having uh, the the ball at your feet, but you also love to drop feet to right. receive a pass. Right. A, a natural striker can't do that. Right. You know.
1: I think we might see Carol. Getting stuck in on some tackles a little more this year. I think I think he likes that confrontation. I like, yeah. think Carol loves a duel personally. We didn't see it a ton, but I, I wouldn't be surprised.
0: I, I personally think that if if uh, Carol Swiderski is going to transition into this new role for Charlotte FC, then then what you're talking about is like a a, a complete box to box player. Right. Like that is the next right. I think step for a player like Carol Swiderski, where okay, there's there's a clear number nine who is going to be in the box. And I, th- and I thought one of the more interesting, you know, quotes about Capetti is is just, he, he said, quote, I will be a number nine who's very offensive and will be playing a lot in the box.
1: Yeah, like th- I'm, I'm in the box. <laughs> and Don't come in my box. He also said
0: about, <clears throat> you know, what attracted him to Charlotte FC, I spoke a lot with a coach and how he wants to play. I loved it, and he sat down and talked to me. Listen, let's read between the lines here. And I'd be very, very <clears throat> frank as possible because Enzo Cavetti, he had an opportunity to go play in Mexico as well.
1: Yeah, I think he—he he mentioned Russian offers, Mexican offers. I believe he had an Italian offer also. I don't know if that was brought up today, but like
0: <clears throat> Christian Latanzio, <clears throat> we can talk about the scouting department. We can talk about who got the job done here. In my opinion, it's—it's—it's it's, it's Laddie. Yeah. Laddie clearly went to Capetti and said, hey, if you want to come be a number nine who just gets to poach goals in the box and that's your right. only job for this club, we're going to ship Danny Rios out. Right. You're going to take his spot and right. you're going to start every match.
1: This guy who scored four goals and is slower, uh, a little bit slower and not as strong as you and a, and a little bit longer in the tooth. Yeah, and he's got a 4 goal game, so imagine what you can do. That's a great pitch for sure. And I no no disrespect to the bouncer, no, but and just, it's, like, our yeah, yeah. it's
0: our guy. It's our guy, but but this is a business, and I think right. Christian Latanzio deserves credit for for sealing this deal, for I getting agree, it done.
1: Man. And uh, we gotta shout out our friends, fret friend, friends of the show, Bridget McCall and the and uh, the Footballista, who are doing you know, they follow they were the first ones that told me about Laddie, laddie going down there to Argentina to, to get this this whole process started like three or four months ago, you know like, Plenty of people rep- were have been reported all around this But shout out to those two ladies for being the first to really have the scoop in my opinion And it paid off, I think it's exactly what you said, Latanzio sealed the deal I'm, I'm sure the whole team made a pitch, I'm sure Zorn said some stuff, I'm sure Thomas said some stuff But when it came down to it, you can tell from Copetti's quotes that he wants to come play for Christian Latanzio.
0: So we're excited about Capetti, obviously, and, and we're going we're to answer tremendous friends of the show. There are questions about him, but there was one question, Danny Brams, that was asked that I want to address off the top, Whoa! and that is, where's Carol Sviderski? I think a lot of people have been curious. Sure. He, he, he was not here in Charlotte. He's not yet down in Florida with the squad. Hasn't shown up to training. Why, people are asking, and, and you've found out.
1: Yeah, so Carol actually got the really cool opportunity – to be the club representative at MLS Media Day, which is out, I believe, out in California. I don't yeah. know if it's NorCal or SoCal. Forgive me for that. But uh, basically, every player sent a team representative to take, you know, like publicity photos and answer. That's where they do like the the where they ask everybody the same question, like you know, like what's your favorite Thanksgiving meal or whatever. And everybody, <laughs> and then they they when Thanksgiving comes around, you have a rip of all those answers you can <laughs> get. Like they have all they ask them all kinds of like thematic questions like that. And so Carol was our guy, our team representative. That's why he hasn't been in training yet pretty cool i haven't seen i looked for some mls media day content coming coming out from there today uh didn't see anything i saw some from some other players that participated in it today so we'll see what happens tomorrow but uh yeah we should be expect to see more signs of swiderski in the social media ether coming up soon and the thing of it is though he's not the only one who has been missing from practice in recent times i almost have to answer like i almost have to give a fuller answer on this which is that until today, we had not seen Yosviak at practice. We had not seen Vinnie Melo at practice. Finally got a lot of pictures of them today at, at, uh, on the Instagram being at practice. But there's one person we have yet to see a picture of in, pre- in any type of training or like back to preseason capacity. And I, I got to admit, I'm, this is where I'm, I, I don't know the answer to this, but I do not know where or what's going on with Christian Kalina. And I would like to know, I'd like to get some answers. He hasn't been at practice that we've seen. We've seen everybody else.
0: It's an individual position. I don't think his absence there at this point is a red flag. I think ultimately he could probably show up as a veteran player on this squad in the next couple weeks and be fine for February 25th. I think 30 days would be fine. So if he's not there in two weeks, it's January 11th tonight he's not there in two weeks, I'm going to say, hey, we, we might have an issue here. Okay,
1: you're giving it two weeks? But I am going to give it two
0: weeks from tonight. Right. And, and the reason why is because you know, he, he's somebody that, that clearly is the number one keeper on this club. That being said, when he does get into training, there is going to be competition. Yeah. And, and again, that, that to me... The way me,
1: Pablo finished last year?
0: That to me exactly is the theme of Charlotte FC's preseason. Competition. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. When, when, we, when we go back to last season and we think about the preseason and what that looked like compared to this year, 12 months makes a big big difference competition was not the name of the game last year the name of the game last year was trying to get a body onto right, the pitch
1: right yeah it was like throw Alan Franco at the at the problem throw uh, uh at the problem TT sucks we got to put him in it's t- anyway you know <laughs> yeah he, he sucks so bad we just said off we can't, even, we can't even we can't even we can't even rely on him like that's when we had to start going on signs it got to the point where Quinn McNeil was putting me major minutes a guy that At the start of last year, there's not one single like MLS pundit who would have ever thought Quinn McNeil would play one meaningful minute in in MLS in 2022. Ended up having one of the a standout game where he actually did win a game for us with uh, and and another game where he had one of the best passes I've ever seen. So like we we made do, but eventually we had to replace McNeil. This year, you're right. Competition is the name of the game, and uh, uh, I it's every position. It's every spot has has people vying for it. Like with Ashley Westwood coming in, like we thought we were great. We thought we were super solid with Jones and Bronico as our double pivot, uh, defensive mid, and then we go out and sign Ashley Westwood. And it's like, well, I love you, Derek, and and you know, but like it, I, I'm starting to see Derek Jones as an odd man out now with Wesley or uh, uh, Ashley. Excuse me, would just at least have to fight for his spot, or maybe Bronico. I don't know. It's it's hard to even imagine Bronico being in any danger. He's undroppable in, in our book, but it's training camp, man. This is where battles are had. This is where guys move past each other on the ladder in secret, in silence. You know, like We're not really getting eyes on what's happening and the decisions that the coaches are going to be making. We have to sort of like read the tea leaves. So who knows? I mean, I'm not predicting this, but like maybe Bronico loses his spot. Maybe he's not as good this year. Maybe Derrick Jones... Uh, it surges past him in this in this training camp. I don't know. Maybe Westwood's not fully healed. His broken. He's you know he was participating in training with Burnley before he came over. Yeah. So uh, we have to. You know, it's been nine months since his broken ankle. That's uh, you know it's going to take a little bit of time to feel great on it. But he's he's playing. So like, but maybe that maybe that keeps him out of the lineup early, and then he works his way. in. who knows? But like that that's that's just center mid, and then you go out to the wings. We used to have, like, no wingers, and now we're, have like we like, four deep at some of these wing spots.
0: Just my two cents on the Westwood injury. I think at this point, that type of injury isn't a physical injury for him. It's a mental injury for him. You know, he's ready. He's on the pitch. He's past his physicals. Yeah, he's like, training, yeah. It's just all about having experienced that and being comfortable to get yourself back out there yeah. without worrying. The worst thing you could do is play in fear of getting injured. So I think it's, it's, this is a huge, and, and not only that, if you, if you look at Ashley Westwood's Instagram in his long post about goodbye to Burnley and hello Charlotte FC, what he did was he said, this is a new challenge for me. I'm moving to a new country. I'm moving to a new city. I'm moving to a new league. And Enzo Capetti is doing the same exact thing. So, it's not just mental on the pitch, it's mental off the pitch. So, there's a couple things that I I don't want to, as there's a a beautiful fire burning out here on the patio tonight, I don't want to throw a wet blanket over the fire here about these two new signings. But, I am going into this season cautiously optimistic about both. Sure. And here's why. Ashley Westwood is 32 years old, and... He's coming off a big-time injury, and this is his first experience outside of England. Sure. There's a transition period here. There's. Well, what do we, what do we always say about MLS, Danny? Right. It's physical. It's physical. Yeah. It's a league that, when you arrive. There's a bit of a learning curve. And we we saw that with Carol Svodersky. If you
1: don't take it seriously, it'll burn you for sure. So I
0: think realistically for me, when Westwood and and Capetti will be at their peak for Charlotte FC this year, I'm looking ahead to April over the summer and finishing off things in the fall. I think the first month of the season, the first month and a half of the season, the guys that were here last year better step the fuck up. Right, because this is not just a, oh, look, we got three new guys. Put them in the lineup. We're good. Yeah. Like, it doesn't work that way in soccer. Just because fans are excited about these transfers, just because money has been spent, it doesn't guarantee you anything. Right. So I just want to be very clear that while I am unbelievably optimistic about this, and I think that I want to call out Tom Bogert, who Tommy Scoops, somebody we really like, he tweeted today, he said, I do really like Charlotte FC's starting 11. This is certainly capable of the playoffs. We'll see how the Copetti swiderski pairing works in real life, but in theory, should be really strong. Really excited to see it play out. And I think that's a really, really good take, and I wanted to add one more thing. Tom Bogert's already talking about playoffs. Yeah. He wrote an article on MLSsoccer.com today. Worth where checking he, out where he where he talked to Zoran Cornetta and Crneta told him, quote, A- after being asked, what are Charlotte FC's goals for 2023? quote For us, it's playoffs, and nothing less. So, yeah. while some things change, <laughs> some things remain the same.
1: Hey, it goes to show you never can tell as as the dead are singing here uh, out uh, in the atmosphere. Uh, yeah, I, lo- I love everything about what you're saying there. Uh, having said all of the, do, do you start Ashley Westwood in the in the uh, home opener against New England?
0: It depends what he does in preseason, and it's not a cop out. And the reason why is because there's plenty of opportunity to see. Mm-hmm. Right, this isn't college football where it's just like game one, see what you got. Right. Yeah. Right. What, what, we talked about Charlotte FC being down in Florida. The preseason includes six matches. We've got six matches to see how this all works together. One in Florida, three in California. At Coachella, we've talked about that a bunch. One in Charleston against the Battery, which, by the way, I know Danny Brams are going to be there. I'm hoping to be there as well. That in Charleston. I think we we'll make it happen. And then we'll have one uh, preseason match in Charlotte as well. Half of these are doors closed. Uh, two reverse USL championship sides. Really like that. And... Here's here's a little a little note here January twenty first, closed door friendly versus St Louis City SC. How did that get on the preseason schedule?
1: I think there's just got to be a relationship because they played the closed door uh, scrimmage at the end of this past season, right? And where true, where the uh, the legend of Vinnie Mello was born, <laughs> and uh, so they probably just they just probably having a thing where they the the clubs for all the talk of some sort of rivalry between these clubs like. I do think, as the two new kids on the block, there, there's some natural like working together. Like, hey, let's just you know let's let's test ourselves against these newbies uh, and and see where we're at. It's it's easier. Probably other more established clubs probably already have some of their those relationships established. So we kind of like we have to. Our partner has to be the other, the other team that doesn't have a partner in that kind of setup. Maybe uh, who knows? But
0: one thing I'll say is that a January like closed door friendly. I mean, he, here's where I'm at with this, right? We never got our extra game last year.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Is there a preseason game that we can fucking have that we can go to? Did they not count the Chelsea as the extra game? No.
1: Uh, I got nothing. Is that? Did you get the refund? Did you no. get the dis- discount? You on didn't the get PSL? it. You know what I'm saying? Like, no. no, no. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. You're supposed to
0: get one extra game.
1: I think they hoodwinked me. They put they put they took advantage of the fact that I. uh... That there had been six months in between the time they told so me I would know, get the extra game. You know maybe? what they should yeah, do, maybe.
0: Yeah. You know what they should do, maybe play the fucking Independence.
1: Yeah. Open up the stadium. Yeah. And have a friendly yeah. at home against oh, the Independence. Thank God. And let
0: all the season ticket holders in. Right. Now that would be a celebration of Charlotte soccer. Joe LeBlue.
1: Do it. That. I think you just gave Joe LeBlue a brilliant idea. And I know. I know you're listening, Joe. Listen to what John Hayes just said, please. It's 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 what it's all about, you know, building the community in town. Yeah. Just a friendly against the Independence, like. Charlotte is a soccer city, for fuck's sake! Like, let, like, let's celebrate all the soccer we got going on here. And,
0: and I love the relationship, right? It's not right. a competitive relationship, right? It's been it's very symbiotic, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not like a oh, if we if we lose to the, the Independence in a friendly, yes, yeah, yeah, no one's yeah. gonna care.
1: We lost to the Charleston Battery last year, you know, like, and <laughs> and we're playing them again. <laughs> yeah, and we're playing them again. Which, by the way, if you're if you're on the fence about going down there, go go because Charleston's stadium is small but incredible, and they have this like beer garden that's like attached. I think it's it's in Patriots. Point, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like right out place. there in this awesome little peninsula. It's badass. So if you're on the fence, the setting should draw you there for sure. But, yeah, I love that idea of, a, of, a, of bringing a, an extra game against the independents, paying off the season take holders. Are we getting an extra game this year? Are we sa- Can we save them up like vacation days at work? <laughs> like, you I don't get, think they carry you, over. you don't carry over. Yeah, uh. not from
0: 2022 to 2023. Uh. But, you know, we should have a at least a U.S. Open Cup match or a mm-hmm. um, playoff match. League's Cup match, too. League's Cup, yeah. You know, for so, sure. So, we're, th- this year, there's there's <clears throat> a much better chance. Um, so, by the way, I'm looking here at uh, Tom Bogert's depth chart here, along with his tweet about and Swiderski, and I don't see Adam Armour on there.
1: Yeah, it's like people have definitely already, like, instantly elevated Hamidi Diop over Armour. And I don't know about that. Adam Armour still has... The very first goal ever scored in Charlotte FC history. I think I think his injury was so catastrophic last year, unfortunately, uh, that people have just kind of written him off out of their minds. But I I'm seeing armor grind in the practices like I'm gonna not reply a, there, to him. Do it. Do it. Do, it, do it, live reply on the yeah, show. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I love it. This is this is this is uh this is new media, folks. In the middle of the podcast, we're firing off takes. That's what it's all about. I'm just saying no
0: Adam Armour yeah. question mark exclamation exactly. point. Exactly. Yeah. Explain you know.
1: yourself. Yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, why not? You know not? exactly. Um, yeah, armor has so many, such so a bright future. People are good. I guarantee you, by the end of this year, a lot more people are going to be talking about item armor than, than are at the start. That's that's easy to tell. Which, Adam, I know you're listening. Come on the show. Let's go. Come on.
0: We'll definitely have him on the show at some point. We got the chance to meet him at the Brownie Bro 13 party uh, last spring, which was fantastic. We'll make sure we get to the uh, second edition of that. Looking forward to that this year as well. Uh, So, another couple key points on here. He has Yuzviak and he has Vargas. As the forwards alongside Capetti on the front line, there's and why I want to bring this up and talk about it is we mentioned the competition aspect of this, right? And yeah. at, every, at every position there's depth. This is really good and mm-hmm. it just feels like the club is prepared for success. And I'm just like really, really nervous. To, to dive into the deep end. Oh,
1: I mean, the expectations are sky high. Like, last year, I, Charlotte FC couldn't hurt me. They couldn't hurt me because it was a honeymoon. I, we were brand, like, yeah. it was like young love. You know, like, what even the bad times, I still, like, search for the silver lining instantly, instinctively. But this year, my expectations are so much higher that they, they can hurt me bad, like, yeah, if like we fall short. You get
0: a new puppy. And right. It's just, you love the puppy. And, right. And it doesn't matter whether he shits in the house. Right, exactly. he pisses yeah, on exactly, the couch. Exactly. You, you, you love the puppy, and you think that that phase is going to last forever. But a year later, after you've tried to train the puppy for a year.
1: And it didn't work. And it shits on the floor. Yeah.
0: It's it's going to make you upset. It, yeah. You're going to feel a little bit different about that. There, there's no doubt about that. So, you know, we, we we have a lot of things to talk about. Oh, there's, there's really one uh, specific player that I wanted to to
1: mention hit me Jordy Reina <laughs> the, uh <laughs> we we said we the said million, the million dollar man the, the almost a million dollar man yeah yeah with, with inflation his 900k yeah, is not yeah, worth what yeah, yeah, it was yeah yeah good point <laughs> very good point so yeah so Jordy Reina Jordy Reina there was reports uh, that turned out to be erroneous that he was not going to be involved in the preseason camps. Next day, he was pictured in the preseason camps. So, you know, check your sources on that kind of stuff. But uh, is not going to leave un- until they make it worth his while. Like, Reyna has a $900,000 a year contract. They've The club has been shopping him around to everywhere on the entire Western Hemisphere. There have been no takers. No one wants to take on that salary for a guy who's, uh, you know, getting to close to the wrong side of 30. And Reyna did some great things for this club, and he can definitely make an impact to this club. I do think it's accurate that he's not going to be really part of the team's plans. We're just too deep in his position with young talent that needs to develop that it's like we are going to – we're either going to get rid of it. At some point, we'll just buy him out. We'll just keep negotiating with him until we can, like, buy him out for a settlement on that salary. And and that'll be that, and then he'll – have a, a chance to go sign a new contract somewhere on, at market value, but you know,
0: I think you're thinking about it like Zoran Cornetta should. I'll think about it like Christian Latanzio should, right? Okay, he's well,
1: Latanzio called him the mo- one of the most technically gifted players in the entire league, so yeah. So the, hear you know, me out here, right?
0: Yeah. It's it's pretty simple. The reason why Reyna is kind of on the outside looking in is because of his contract, not because of who he is. Not because of what he offers on the pitch. It's just the fact that he's making $900,000, and it seems like a little much. Yeah. Compared to other players on the right. squad.
1: Right. He's bad value for our club. Exactly. And he does tend to lose steam in games. He's way better in the first half than the second half, et cetera, like when he plays. So, so yeah. hear yeah.
0: me out on this. Sure. Right? You have Camille Yuzviak on the left wing. The Bulldog. Right? You have... Who's the other option out there?
1: Vargas, Shinishiki, Gaines... Uh, I Gaines, mean, so, Gaines to me is on the right. Yeah, I think a lot it's of Vargas. those guys, yeah. I think it's I think yeah, Gaines Vargas, on the right I, to me, yeah.
0: Vargas and Usbiak on the left. Yeah. My point is this is that
1: And Santos could play a wing.
0: Reyna being on the bench is a very, very strong asset to this club.
1: Like if you need someone to just come in and give you ten good minutes and get a goal at the end of the game, yeah.
0: He's somebody that you can bring onto the pitch, put him in a wide area, and understand what type of class that you're gonna get. Right. You're he serves get, up balls. You're going to get whip balls into the box. You're going to get dribbling between defenders. Right. You're going to get uh, somebody who can take a foul as well, cause a uh, free kick in a dangerous position, mm-hmm. right? So I think there's a lot of negativity surrounding this player He can do a one-man right one
1: counter. Like, he can, like, Yordi Ray is a one-man counterattack. He's got the speed for sure.
0: So, you know, while there's a lot of negativity surrounding this player right now and people want to snicker and laugh about his contract, about him being on the outside looking in, I would encourage people to pump the brakes a little bit and instead of, you know, being so thrilled about what we just got, start valuing what we already had.
1: Make new friends but keep the old. One is silver, the other's gold. That's what, my mom told me that probably 5,000 times growing up. So, yeah, it's That's, hammered it, in it, my it, soul. It's
0: great advice and by the way, great advice from one of the listeners of the show. Yeah, yeah,
1: she's <laughs> a T-fos for sure. No doubt about that. So By the way, something that Enzo Copetti said in his presser, he was like, The Charlotte fan base is amazing, I've seen the videos, they're so passionate, it reminds me of Argentina. And he said, the Tifos are great. And I was thinking, yeah, the the tremendous friends (laughs) of the show are great. Thank you, Enzo, we appreciate you uh, recognizing that. I thought that as well.
0: But the actual Tifos in the stadium are great. For sure, for sure. And shout out to the Tifo committee. I know the the Tifo committee, the Royal family, all the supporters groups get together. I think that we should have a goal for 2023 to help out on a TIFO
1: one night. Do do a TIFO build night? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'll volunteer. I mean, you can call it a lines, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to get bossed around some by some people that know what they're doing for a while. Why not? As long as we can have beers while like yeah, we're yeah, doing it. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh,
0: it's the Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brams. Follow us on Twitter, at baby. You'll see our reaction there to the signing today. Uh, make sure you engage with us. When we're not podcasting, we're on social. So yeah. you can hit us up there any day. We're so happy to talk to you. You can follow Danny as well, at Danny Brams. You can follow me, at John Hayes on air, but, but For the Crown Baby is where it's at. We've got a lot of questions to answer, and my beer's pretty much yeah. empty.
1: And we got to talk about the Apple TV deal as well.
0: We certainly do. It's a hot topic. It's your classic, is this good for the league Right, topic. right,
1: right, exactly. So we're,
0: we'll discuss that. Taylor Twelman, the day that his... The day that he's a and he doesn't even know it, by the way. <laughs> yes, he is. The day that it was announced that he was leaving ESPN, he made the announcement himself. Yeah, it was like. My, re- when you sent me that, my response to you was the Apple. The emoji. Apple emoji, yep, exactly. yeah, exactly. And it was, it was two easy days later. Call. Yeah, he's he's the he's the face of MLS coverage. Yeah. On Apple with Max Bretos.
1: And we'll talk about it more in a sec. But I I love what he said when he announced he's going to Apple. He said the ability to unapologetically cover MLS. Is something that's never been done in this to this level, which is like, you know how it is. Even on ESPN, even on Fox, when they were like, even when they're highlighting a big MLS game, there's always this feeling that we understand it's just MLS, but hopefully you guys like this. But Apple's going all in, and they're gonna be like, we're fucking MLS. If you don't like it, then fucking turn the channel. But we're gonna give the hardcore MLS fan what they want, and they know that we're out there, and they're good. I think. Spoiler alert! I think it's gonna be good. We'll go into more details, but I think it's refill time.
0: There's been a lot of research done this week about the league about the Apple TV deal, what the value of that is, Danny Bram's. And I think one of the more important statistics that I came across was about transfers into MLS between the $1 million and $4 million uh, spread. And statistically, we're talking about five years ago, before right before Atlanta and LA Galaxy, excuse me, LAFC came into the league, Right before that happened, you would see, like, one or two $4 million transfers coming to this league, and now you're looking at more than 10. Yeah, I was going to say 20, yeah. More than 10. So what's happening in this league? The money's being injected into it. There's a massive global partner now. Hey. There's billionaire owners. We're on the up and up. Yeah. And speaking of billionaire owners, we're going to ask David Tepper once again on the other side of this to put grass on the field, please. Charlotte Soccer Show. We're back after this. Danny, we we've, we've even got grass here outside at Triple C on the
1: corner here. Oh man, I love being out here on this natural grass to record. Just feels great under my feet, and uh, yeah, David Tepper, Dave, as as, as you're known to some. Let's put some real grass on the field. You got all the money in the world. The player, your your NFL players are tweeting you about it constantly. Everybody knows all the soccer players want it. Like, let's fucking own up here. And let's get some damn grass on the field and play ball.
0: Just be that guy. You know? Yeah. Be the guy that like. It's like Ted Lasso, right? When he took over. At Richmond. Yeah. What do he do? He he made sure that the suggestion box. Was put out yeah. in the locker room. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know what the Panthers players are doing? They're putting in the suggestion. <laughs> yeah, They're saying, yeah, exactly. Please put, put grass on the field. Our, yeah, come on, Tap. Let's go. By the way, that's one of my favorite scenes when Roy Kent is uh, take. He realizes that the the shower pressure is is fixed, and then uh, the younger player comes in, and he doesn't tell him, and he gets just crushed <laughs> by the pressure. And Kent is like, got his eyes closed. He's like, and he just, and he all he says is. The gaffers fixed the shower pressure. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh-huh.
0: And I'm just like, man, dude, it's like little moments like that. But but seriously, I, I bring that up as like a, as a real life leadership lesson. Right. When you have people who work for you asking for something specific. Open your ears. Even if it's going to cost you. Yeah. You know? Right. You know, you know what you could do? If you're David Tepper, you can forget about Sean Payton. You could hire Steve Wilkes yeah. and spend that money. And, that, right, the, just the save the difference that, matter, there, that difference is and, and in and grass some, right And put there. some grass Yeah, in. exactly. So, anyway, welcome back. It's the Charlotte Soccer Show. It's about
1: running a first-class organization. Totally. A First-class organizations. And as much as I like to think that Charlotte FC is a first-class organization, until we've got grass on the field, that's always going to be a mark against us.
0: So. Charlotte, Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brams, welcome back. So glad that you're here for this episode of the show i know it's it's a super exciting week for charlotte fc let's let's be real you, you, so many of you have have heard us talk about dreamland on this podcast love it and if you're a tremendous friends of the show you know that part of the reason why we come to triple c is because we love to award the golden boy of the match yes and you've made a beer switch
1: right undergrad. i sw- for the second segment i had to get a golden boy blonde ale i had to do it because there's no no golden boy of the match to award, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give Laddie the Golden Boy award for, wow. for sealing the deal with Capetti and making it happen. It finally took long enough for the uh, the facts and figures uh, to get figured out and all you know all the, the the fees and whatnot arranged. I do feel like it almost felt like we needed to sell Rios to have the money to like ship uh, the first installment over uh, to Rossing Club for Capetti. But whatever, however long it took, he's here. The prince that was promised has arrived. And uh, it's it's just a great week. And I uh, shout out to all golden boys in the listening audience, and all all golden gals, and all just everything's golden right now. It feel, it's a golden day, despite how cold it is out.
0: I'm running back uh, across the pond. It's a great beer. Get get yourself a triple C. This is a rotating draft. It's not. It's the first time I've seen it on the board here. Yeah, I never saw it. So get your ass back here and get there across the pond. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. It's just an update here. Shout out to uh, Jonathan Pot of Bread, and the Orange Goats for. Uh, liking that tweet to, to Tom.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like they knew. It's like they were listening live. We may we may broadcast live at some point. We got big plans for this year for the show. Uh, all will be revealed.
0: Not ready to reveal it all <laughs> yet on the podcast, but we talked about that fire out here earlier, and there's certainly some irons in that fire. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly.
0: And let's talk about the Apple TV announcement. Yes. Right? Right. And we'll kick off our tremendous friends of the show, Tifo Questions, as well. Cool. Because two minutes ago, James Paul Perez right under the gun. <laughs> oh, it's almost it like
1: he's listening live. Two yeah. minutes ago, Hell yeah. he tweets in. He says, "Thoughts on Apple TV announcement." It's great. We've already talked a lot when the sort of the the basic outline structure came out about how we thought it was a very huge opportunity for MLS. Now that we know some of the names and faces and voices that we're going to be hearing, I think I think the excitement even builds that much more because I think uh, we I love. He's, he's not for everybody, but I actually really love Taylor Twellman's coverage of MLS. I think I just his passion, the fact that he just loves this league, like I said earlier, unapologetically is just, like, perfect thing for a league that has a little bit of an inferiority, inferiority you, complex you know what, you know what I, I
0: kind of also respect about him? He will unapologetically tell you to fuck off yeah, if, yeah. He's, if he's trying to catch an Uber at <laughs> yeah, the airport. Yeah, yeah
1: exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that's great. Uh, you know, Max Bredos, I'm not as big of a fan, but he's been calling big-time MLS games for decades now. I think he's the perfect voice. Uh, if you don't love his style, you're not going to love it, and, but I'm not a huge fan of it, but I don't hate it. I mean, it's just, you know, it is what it is, but he's probably going to be one of their lead announcers.
0: I don't necessarily know how I feel about his play-by-play voice. I know he does a nice job for LAFC the last couple of years, I think it, it was. He did yeah, it for two and years. he used to
1: call national games for ESPN way back in the day.
0: I used to produce him on afternoons on ESPN Radio. Okay, and my God, is he a pleasure to work with! Really? Okay, yeah, that's oh, great yeah, to hear. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. Great it's great. He's like hear. A, yeah. a great guy. Perfect. So to yeah. see him get rewarded for that, someone who loves the league, and I think ultimately, your point about Taylor Taylor is correct. You know, I think one thing that happened to Taylor during his career that I didn't necessarily love is that he kind of. Because of his rant after the United States mm-hmm. men's national team's loss in Trinidad and Tobago, in Cuba, yeah, after
1: that loss, what a night!
0: Remember that rant that he? Oh went yeah, on? what are
1: we doing? Yeah, it's like one of the, yeah. probably a top fifty GIF in usage on Twitter. I'm sure
0: it's it's like when you're um, a great band, right, mm-hmm. and you come out with a a banger, right, and it, it's a single that makes you millions and millions of dollars, right? That was it for Taylor.
1: Yeah. That was it. That sure. was the moment. That put him in the conscious, the general consciousness.
0: What happens as a creator sometimes is you try to cre- recreate that magic.
1: Right. And the sophomore, the sophomore follow-up album. Yeah. You know, yeah. Sophomore, yeah.
0: sophomore slump yeah. or comeback of the year. Yeah. One of uh, yeah. you know, Fall Out Boy. If you're a Fall Out Boy <laughs> fan, you get it. Um. So it's like when he tried to recreate those rants and yell and scream. Like I think it's because he, in his mind knows what made him famous and thinks like oh this is what I have to do now and I would just encourage him to just tone it down a little bit when it comes to the the screaming and and the just like because sometimes on the broadcast the bombast yeah I'm just like dude you know like you don't have to scream every single time, because if you pick your moments when you do scream, it'll it'll mean more. So, that being
1: said, that Lost in Cleveland was a, a, an occasion worth screaming for. But totally, that's what. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. that's what I'm
0: saying. It. The single was good. Right. Like it. It deserved to be number one on the chart. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah. But, it was a banger. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you, for sure. You, you just can't re- recreate it. You can't do it. Um, yeah. So so ultimately, I, I love Taylor, and, and there's there's a lot of people. There's uh, Bradley Wright Phillips as well. BWP. He's gonna be a studio analyst.
1: And MLS. He, Led- Diego Diego Valeri, who's like one of my favorite all-time MLS players, he's going to be a studio analyst on the Spanish language side. I do love the commitment to Spanish and French language inclusion. I love the commitment to radio inclusion. They, they confirmed. We kind of knew this would happen, but there's going to be a button you can push to just switch to the radio broadcast no if you want to listen to Will and Jess. It really? Yeah, yeah. And it'll be synced up. You don't have to... I don't have to go through all the syncing up of the audio with the video gymnastics that I went through. So, last So when
0: we have our road game watch parties, we'll make yes. sure to have that audio. On. Yes,
1: exactly, exactly. And that, that that could be a big part of uh, the future. But there's other great names. Danielle Slayton is on the is on one of the broadcast teams. She's pretty cool. I've always enjoyed listening to her. Like some of these folks that I know just from like listening to random MLS games. I, I am going to. Uh, I don't even know who necessarily that I know them, but I will recognize their voices. And there's going to be more. We 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 should get to another TIFO question because there was one other question on this. Yep. Yeah. That's related. And I let me check real quick who I need to shout out here because they were asking us: Is this the end for uh, Crack Hour and Sam? Is are, are Lloyd and uh, and Eric going to be along? What I've heard, what we've heard, is that they are in talks. And this first wave of like the first set of on-air personalities that were announced is not going to be the last wave so i would not rule out crack hour and sam to get a chance was that one of our TIFO questions or was that just another tweet i read read uh, said to us earlier i can't find it russell in north carolina old school uh uh remember when we bullied russell into tweet changing his twitter handle he yeah. was he was russell b and we made him change it to 704 that was pretty sweet Good. we love you russell for sure uh he says, Gents, what do we know about the relationship between Season Pass and local broadcast TV? Are Eric and Lloyd dead to us? And I would say <laughs> they're not dead to us at all. And I don't think they're dead to MLS either. There's There's been talk that those guys are in talks to be part of this whole project, both of them. Uh, this first wave of announcements of on-air p- people that uh, Apple and MLS put out is not going to be the last wave. There's obviously going to be more. They were just announced the first 16 for now. So... I don't know, I don't have anything on lockdown, but I do believe that uh, Eric and Lloyd will be involved, they will have uh, roles, they're, they're being considered, or they're in talks, well, that's been reported by The Athletic, I'm pretty sure, uh, I know how sh- a lot of Charlotte FC fans feel about The Athletic, but they're doing good work, uh, so yeah, Eric and Lloyd, stick with them, Keep, do not unfollow Eric and Lloyd, they, they uh, need to be part of your Charlotte FC diet. And uh, but you know me, I'm I'm a Will and Jess guy, unapologetic. Love Eric and Lloyd, but I'll be on that radio button for sure. sure I,
0: I love both of them, you know. Sure, and, of and course. I think yeah. also, and, sure. And for a full ninety minutes, I like oh, to hear man. all four of their right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, hundred you know, percent. You get yep. the pregame. I remember Eric's interview in Portuguese with, with Nuno, Nuno. Yeah, Santos. Yeah, so like that to me is one of the, moment. the yeah. moments of the
1: season. Yep.
0: And they all work together and contribute to the club in a, in a different way. I will say this. I don't know what the future is for both Eric and Lloyd. I'm not sure what their partnership looks like in the future. But just from, just from what I know, from a very, very good source, is that one of them will 100% be a part of this <laughs> okay, Apple TV. Okay,
1: okay, that's good to, good to know. You have that on good authority. Maybe the best authority.
0: Uh, and that's only because I had not talked to the other one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so like, you know, it's so like I I fully expect Eric and Lloyd to be together right. working MLS games this I'll, season.
1: I'll be honest, if I was just going to offer my own sort of like my professional opinion critique, it would be I would really love to see Lloyd in a studio setting. I think he's fine on the games. I don't have a problem with the way he calls games. He has, he makes some interesting points that you don't always get from a lot of analysts, but I just think with his sort of his flair and his style, I just think he's like made for a studio show. Like he, he like you know like not not to compare the mls wraparound to to the the pinnacle of studio shows inside the nba but like lloyd i could see him as one of those like barclay s type type like guy sitting at the end of the the desk that you always need to check in with before you move on from the topic that yeah. type of thing yeah so, I mean, he's always just my personal
0: opinion his energy
1: is always very positive
0: yeah his, and and i'm not saying like he's saying nice things it's just like the way that right, he even when himself. he's criticizing,
1: you enjoy watching it. <laughs> yeah, yeah totally. exactly, one hundred percent. So and I, just to so, Russell, you say, what's the relationship between season pass and local broadcast TV? There is no local bro- local bro- there's the relationship is uh, one of murder because the season pass <laughs> killed local TV broadcast. They they are no more. Yeah,
0: you know, I gotta, <laughs> yeah. I gotta, you know, let's raise our glasses. And I think it's W-A- WAXN, channel sixty four on the digital antenna. It was a good run. We had a great run. But <laughs> I'll never watch your channel again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure anybody else will either. Okay. Uh, DB's let's hot go rapid t- fire. Yeah, yeah, let's yeah, go yeah, rapid yeah, fire. Yeah, yeah. DB's hot takes. This is not Danny Bram's burner. Uh, he says, whose development are you most looking forward to this year?
1: I mean, I've already answered this question a million times. Superstar in the making, McKinsey Gaines. Let's go. It's so sweet to think
0: about. An American player on the right wing, maybe benefiting from all these mm-hmm. uh, class players injecting around them. and somebody else as well. My answer is Adam Armour. Sure, for sure. Those two American players on uh, Charlotte FC. You know, I, I'm such a, a proud United States men's national team supporter, and I'm such a proud soccer fan in America. I just want to make sure that that we're supporting the guys that that wear the stars and stripes. And you know who
1: else is right. on that list? Jalen Lindsay. 100. <laughs> percent can Lindsey learn to play left back? If Lindsey could learn to play left back instead of right back, he'd be a lock at the position. By
0: wait, I don't think uh, Jalen Lindsey was on Tom's He was not. either.
1: No, it was pure burn. It, uh, it's just going to be really tough, I feel like, for Lindsey to okay. get ahead of burn in the okay. pecking order. Okay, so
0: you asked me on a, on a podcast, you said, is Charlotte FC the best-kept secret in the MLS? And as of today, No. Based on all the hype around. Right, the statement of Copatti a too loud, yeah. Is Adam Armour at left back and Jalen Lindsay at right back the best-kept
1: back situation in the MLS? Probably, because, because no one's mentioning them, and they're both really good. So, yeah, yeah, it like, makes sense to me. You, yeah. On
0: February 25th, if those two guys are playing left and right back?
1: I just don't see it. I don't see Jalen beating out Byrne. I just, the way the club wants to play. I understand. Get it attacking from the right back. I, and Jalen had an assist last year. He had a great assist to Jordy Reyna, like right at the start of a game. It was amazing that I think we ended up drawing that game, but or losing that game. I think. But uh, uh, what what Jalen is better at is the defensive aspect of playing fullback, and it just it's not what's in demand at that spot in this team setup. I think. Unfortunately, he did get a new contract, so he's going to be with us for a while, unless we sell him. But
0: America, fuck, fuck yeah! yeah. The Orange Goats, he tweets in, he says, uh, why do I feel so damn juiced for this
1: season, and should I dial it back? Hell no, don't dial it back. Dial it up. Crank it up, fuckers. Like, let's fucking go to twelve. <laughs> Everyone's like, uh, you know how goes to 11 is sort of like the default, like taking it a little bit extra? No, we're taking it to 13, bro. Let's, like, 11's not even close to far enough. We need to go all the way. Dial it up, Orange Goats. You're one of our favorite followers. Always in the mix in the conversation. We appreciate it. And you have nothing to feel ashamed about for being so juiced.
0: Alex Ventura. I'm noticing now that, that Alex Ventura is an officially verified – Tremendous friend of the show. I love it. He says he's super excited for the next podcast. Drop, gentlemen, thank you so much. Hope you're enjoying the show. Do you guys think Charlotte FC can accumulate more than 50 points on the table this season? My guess is CLTFC will finish with 54 or more points this season. The 2022 Eastern Conference table he provided for reference, the playoff cutoff was 48 points.
1: And 54 hosted a playoff. 54 was was hosting. So, yeah, I think we'll have more than 50 points. I think we'll be – I think we'll have more than 50 points by September. For reference,
0: the Philadelphia Union, 67 points to win the East. So, if, if you want to be in that conversation, you better have
1: more than 50 points. I think we'll have 50 points before October 1st.
0: <laughs> wow. I mean, there's only like two games after that. <laughs> yeah, 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 no. <laughs> Maybe one. Just trying uh, to make a bold
1: statement that's, the you know, not...
0: Okay, Hub likes. Uh, I saw him going wild, wild today. Uh, Michael, always a pleasure having you on the show. Um, he says, pick only one for season two of these options. Mm-hmm. First option, make playoffs. Second option, U.S. Open Cup champions. Second option, third option, excuse me, League's Cup champions... Pick one of those three.
1: I'm going to agree with Michael. Michael says he would take, he'd be cool to be the first ever Leagues Cup champions, and I'll completely agree. I would love, if I could only have one of those three things, I would I would take the Leagues Cup every single time. I love the idea of winning the inaugural Leagues Cup. I love the idea of proving it against the best in Mexico. And be, it, for us to be be able to spend a year saying we're the only team that has ever won the Leagues Cup in history would be amazing. So yeah, I, I'll take that one.
0: There's one choice on here that is the clear
1: third choice. Do you know which one that is? It's probably makes playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Open Cup would be my second choice. For sure. Always the cup. Well, there's there's two emojis next to two of these options, yeah. and
0: no emoji yeah. next to the third option. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that emoji looks like a, a golden trophy.
1: Yeah, that that you get with two. Always the cup.
0: Always the cup. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to build a trophy case here in Charlotte. Yeah, exactly. Hardly. And, and you got to win something first. Uh, next question comes from uh, Bridget McCall. What do you think? It says about Laddie's coaching style that he's being giving much of the credit for Enzo choosing Charlotte FC. And we gave a bunch of credit on this show. Yeah,
1: yeah, we did. Yeah, uh, I think it shows that he's a he's a coach that players respect. I I, I think we what turned like, but neither of us really were into Latanzio for a while when he first took over as the interim. What changed both of our minds? The fact that the, players. his players could not stop gushing about him and, and talking about how awesome they love playing for him. So, I think what it is about Laddie's coaching style is that. He, I wouldn't necessarily call him a player's coach, but he's someone who demands a lot and then gives you respect when you when you when you pay off what he's demanded of you. So that that's any player's gonna like that.
0: I think if you want to relate this to someone's everyday job, mm-hmm. and you think about when you go into work, sure, everybody reports to a boss. Yeah,
1: right. Not except unless you're tap.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. Um, and. A, a, a really bad work situation. I'm thinking about the movie "Horrible Bosses," which by the way, fantastic movie. A really bad. Jen,
1: w- Jen Aniston playing against type. Who knew? Amazing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> She's the best. When you have a boss that doesn't communicate well, the job sometimes becomes very difficult. You don't know what the expectations are. You don't. Right. You, you, you sometimes you get it going to work and you're blindsided right. by a decision that's made. Right. And when you have a boss that communicates very, very well, you feel like you're in the know. Right. You feel like you know what you're stepping into. Yep. You feel like you know what the expectations are. Yeah. And I think that Christian Latanzio's greatest attribute is his communication. Love it. And, right. and players need to know what they stand. Everybody seems
1: to know what's expected of them, for sure.
0: And that's why he landed Enzo. He went and told him, hey, dude. Yeah.
1: Like. Well, when you you want to win a title? You want to. You want to instead of having an offer from some like, second-tier Italian team, and you're choosing to do that in MLS, you come play in MLS for two years, and you'll be getting offers from England, Germany, you know that kind of stuff. So she does have
0: a second partner, and since we we are a big fan of Bridget, we'll ask. We're going
1: to allow the two-part question. All right.
0: By the way, when when I st- I never really meant that to be a bit, but it, it certainly it's has so become funny. a yeah. serious. It bit was of a Phil shit. Mickelson. It, it <laughs> was a Phil Mickelson quote. <laughs> it yeah, was. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, that's, all, that's all that it was. We were making fun of Phil Mickelson. But just so you know, and, and people start apologizing to me now <laughs> yeah, yeah, for yeah. the two-part questions. Apologize to Phil.
1: It's beautiful.
0: Uh, she asks, "Where do you see Bender fitting in with all these new, more experienced players coming?" Well, Which, by the way, Ben Bender, not on the death
1: chart. Shoes need shining, and <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> I, I see Bender as a deep, deep option at this point. He just, he's gonna have to improve, he's gonna have to fight his way back into the squad. Because, who? Okay, so he had already, he started the season as a starter, right? And then he falls behind guys, he starts to fall behind Derrick Jones. He starts to fall behind uh, Bronico. He doesn't play the same position as those guys, but he starts to lose his place in the midfield. McNeil starts to get taken out. Bender would play a few games at wings, but he wasn't really thriving on the wings. He's just too uh, irresponsible and unreliable with the ball. He makes great runs off the ball, but he's just horrible with the ball, relatively horrible. He's better than me, but he's a good player with a bright future. But like, the good news is that we don't have to rely on Bender as much this year as we did last year. I think he's a fan favorite, and he always will be. His hair's looking like he has not cut his hair at all. He's looking like, oh, like the, flow, yeah, is the real. flow is amazing. All the young girls, I'm sure, are just, like, swooning over Bender, and they should. He's a good-looking young guy. It's all, all good, you know. Maybe not just the girls. Who knows? But, like, uh, his place in terms of his contribution to the team, it's, it's like, I'm trying to think of the right analogy, but he's someone who just, like, should not have been asked to do as much as he was last year, and like, but it, out of necessity it became a, a something that happened, and he thrived for a little bit and then fell off. This year we're in a much better spot. It's up. He needs to be learning from Santos. He needs to be learning from Carol Swiderski. Now, if Carol's going to be that number 10 playmaker role, and that's where Ben eventually wants to end up, it's time for him to, like, just start following Carol around at every practice, that type of stuff. So uh, I don't think he, he – the wing depth, again, It's just like, are you going to put him in as a right wing ahead of Sheena? He's never been a wing. Yeah, exactly. So He's
0: not a wing. Yeah. He's, he's a central – player who likes to create right and get into the box and score goals right. or, or or make assists right. like that's, that's who he
1: is I, if he fought his way legitimately back into the starting lineup it would be an amazing story it would mean that he vastly vastly improved in well, the last few months
0: for what it's worth he will be in the starting lineup and it'll be in the u.s open cup in, yeah exactly right <laughs> yeah. exactly right which by the way i can't wait for uh this week uh, some uh by the way man city knocked out shut out today on the road at Southampton, out of the, the Carabo Cup, the English Football League Cup yeah. for the second year in a row. Right. After winning that title like four of the last five years. Right. I don't know the exact numbers. But I, I, I hadn't been I watched a lot of cup action. It was the yeah. FA Cup. What I was the we took last week we talked about the FA Cup this past weekend yeah. on the show. Great stuff. I was so locked into the FA Cup. My God I loved it so much. And then this week I didn't have a chance today to get eyes on the um, the quarterfinals in the EFL trophy, uh, EFL Cup english football league that is and but yesterday i had eyes on newcastle against leicester city um up in newcastle it's uh, i believe it's newcastle's first cup semi-final in almost 20 years which is crazy considering they're in the fa cup and the efl cup every year right
1: right they've been they've been in the wilderness man a, a proud uh, club with a story tradition in england yeah uh, it just goes to show the impact of a signing because they had a lot of talented players in Newcastle that weren't really gelling together, and then they brought in Bruno Guimaraes, and he like just kind of like made everything work. He made like all the players around him that much better, and like he's been amazing. for Allowed
0: Joe Linkton to go out on the left side, right? Exactly, g- g-
1: and he's unlocked Amiran, yes. you know, and all that stuff, and he's turned Chris Wood into a goal scorer. Here's the thing the, to bring that up. I was going to bring this up earlier. The thing about Bruno is he's like. Everyone knew he was really good when Newcastle signed him. And now the the sort of the accepted wisdom is like, this guy's the key to the whole team, all that. But he didn't crack the starting lineup for six weeks or so after like, he was brought in very slowly, even as a very high profile signing. And that just speaks to what you were saying earlier about Westwood and Copetti need to still be worked into what the existing team chemistry. I think Copetti's starting right away no matter what. But Westwood, I could see him taking a little bit more time just to sort of get what the vibe is. Even if he does eventually become our best midfielder by the end of the season, like Bruno is for Newcastle, he may not start right away, and that may be a good thing.
0: Shout out to Amadio, at Amadio underscore so rare on the show. Uh, his question is, what is Nuno Santos' role in the squad? Seems like he is the odd man out with Westy and Bronico at the six eight, and Carroll in a more creative role. Uh, another two-part question. He says, I know how much you
1: love two-part questions. Amazing.
0: Uh, could you see him playing out wide in a role similar Ooh. to what Bender played early last year?
1: I, I agree. Nuno's the odd man out at this point. And, and as, as much as we were happy to get him in as a late-season reinforcement last year, He doesn't really replace Bronico, Westwood or Jones as a defensive mid. He doesn't really replace Carroll as a creative attacking mid. He doesn't really play on the wings. You know, he's not gonna replace Vargas or Yusviak or Gaines or Shinya or uh, uh, Reyna even. So it's like, he's kind of a depth piece at this point as as much as we were hoping that he was gonna be a big impact piece. I see him as a little bit more of a depth piece and he's like, he's everything I just said about Bender, it's just a little bit like Nuno's just ahead of that, basically. Like Nuno, yeah. like yeah. So. Yeah, well
0: said. Yeah, yeah you, you, you read my mind. I was going to say like he's in yeah. that Swiderski backup role. Yeah, at this Yeah, exactly. Yep. Which is not a bad place to be. No, not, we're, not we're, a bad place. We're playing to be at all. three
1: cups this year. We're, we need depth. We need. We absolutely need to have depth. So,
0: U.S. Open Cup, the League's Cup, and MLS, MLS Cup. MLS Cup.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I thought that's what you meant. Uh, spurts guy chimes in. He says, uh, "We should still have the ability to buy down Uzviak and add another young defensive, young designated player. Would you prefer to use that mechanism now or wait till the summer for increased flexibility?"
1: I'm gonna say wait till the summer because we have so many like new pieces to work in already at this point. Let's 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 not bring in another. Let's let's find some chemistry over of the next six months and then look to make a summer move.
0: Evan Rude, how y'all feeling about right wing? I personally would love to see Gaines on the right, and hope Competti can keep us keep up and get in the box by the time he cross by the time the cross comes in. What do y'all think?
1: Well, Enzo already told us he's not leaving the box. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> Enzo doesn't need to get into the box. He's gonna be in the box. I mean, that's established. Yeah, yeah. But I love what you're saying, Evan. You, you know I love Gaines. Uh, I feel like I feel like it's gonna be Vargas, Yusviah starting ahead of Gaines to to begin the year. But I really I, I see McKinsey as a guy who can play his way into like US men's national consideration over the next three years but before we host the World Cup and I think it starts this season so even if he doesn't right away a bang-in starter I think by the end of the year he will be love this question from Mike
0: Umberger Umby shout out to Mike and shout out to the independence I know Mike's a big fan of the Charlotte Independence as well uh, who by the way their schedule came out Charlotte Independence' if you're, if you're looking to get a we know what the MLS schedule looks like. Now we'll know what the USL is it the championship? USL Championship? Yeah, looks like as well. Um, get yourself to a, to an Independence game this year. There, it, it's a it's a great place to be. Uh, he, he asks, will Capetti dethrone King Carroll as Charlotte FC's top striker?
1: He will dethrone. He will surpass Carroll as the top top goal scorer, but he will never dethrone King Carroll. King Carroll, he's Carroll is the king. Carroll's the king until proven otherwise. Carol would have to abdicate the throne before he's not going to get it taken away from anybody.
0: He's definitely, though, Copetti part of the king's inner circle.
1: Oh, for sure. Whether he's, whether he's the prince that was promised, as he, as we labeled him. Whether he's, you know, a knight of the Round Table. <laughs> you know, whether he's the, uh, the, uh, the, the Grand Vizier. <laughs> you know, I'm just trying to think of royal titles, you know, whether he's he's he's, the the power behind the throne, maybe. I would say he he is
0: 100% part of the small council, right?
1: Yeah, there you go. The small council. Perfect. He's part
0: of the small council. And... He may even become the hand of the king. And he'll always... His... Exactly, he could become the hand of the king. Totally right. I, I was thinking that as well. I'm not ready to give him that yet. No, you, you got to. You have to assist Swiderski to get that title, <laughs> yes,
1: yes, yes, right? And yes, I don't, yes. we didn't talk
0: a lot about an assist today in that Zoom yeah. press conference. No, right? So you have to assist Swiderski to be the hand of the king. But he is certainly on only small council. Yep. And just like Jamie Lannister is a. Oh, the head of the King's Guard.
1: That's brilliant. Yeah. Potentially head of the King's Guard. But also,
0: Jamie is somebody that comes into those small council meetings, Danny, and just like has no problem airing out anything that he has to say. Right. Exactly. And that's what Capetti's role
1: is. Yeah. Like, I'm going to sit down here. Right. I've won a championship. Last year. I know what it takes. Like, yeah, I'm going to speak up.
0: And and I'm going to go out there and fight battles and get the job done. (laughs) And you can't criticize me. So, yeah, the small council. Well We'll have to do a show. Who else is on the small council? Definitely Bronny Brothers. No doubt about that.
1: Oh, yeah. He's the hounds.
0: Maxson and Vaxson, all cool, uh, tweets in. He says, who will be the starter at left back on February 25th? How many? Diop, Jog and Joe Mora, shout out to
1: you. Harrison Offal, or a player yet to be signed? I'm going to say it's Jog and Joe. And I think left. it's interesting that you list Diop. Tom Boger had Mora slash Diop, I think, in the depth chart you referenced earlier. Uh, Diop, you know, who played mostly center back but has some left back profile as well. I think left back is more of his way to get into the lineup because we have three really quality center backs and it's going to be tough for him to displace. So I don't think on February 25th it's going to be Diop starting left back. And I do think that we're discounting Adam Armour. I I really think Adam Armour is actually the the long-term left back for this season, but on on the opening day it's going to be jogging Joe. You just got to go with stability.
0: I mean, yet again, no love for the first goal scorer in Charlotte FC history. (laughs) Right. I mean.
1: What does a guy got to do around here to get some mentions?
0: I mean, literally, he scored the first goal in, what was it, like the third game? Yeah. Second game. No,
1: third game. Third game. Yeah, D.C., then L.A., then Atlanta. Oh, man, 180
0: minutes without a goal, that was rough. Yeah. At least we got the fake celebrate. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we yeah, I, I remember goal, doing yeah. I remember doing a show after that second game last year and saying, 180 minutes, Danny Bramps. Yeah. Can we get a goal
1: for the. <laughs> and
0: think about it this way, right? What other goal contributions did we get from the back line last season?
1: Not many. Lindsay had that assist I mentioned earlier. No
0: goal con- like I'm talking about putting the ball in the back of the net.
1: Oh, uh none that I can think of. Um Carujo never scored, Walks never scored. Yeah. He's like- yeah. Is he the only Apple, person? Apple never scored. Is He's he really the only tried? Tried? Yeah. person on the back
0: line that scored a yeah, goal? I think so. Yeah. Well, Fuchs penalties doesn't count.
1: I don't think so either.
0: Oh wait! Congrats, Fuchs. Coach on the coaching Fuchs, staff. Yeah. He's on the coaching staff. It we never a, talked about that.
1: I love the video of, of seeing Fuchs. like yelling at the players. Like uh, amazing. He's probably in hog heaven. Just like, I, I don't have to run and I can yell at other people to run. This is great. Because he he liked to yell a lot last year, but he still had to had, had to do the running. I, I, I've got to
0: well. think that it's a little awkward for him. I would almost, if I was him, rather coach a squad where I didn't know anybody for the first time, so I could like, di- you know, didn't have my player colleague relationships yeah. with
1: people. Sure. So I think
0: that this job is difficult for him, and hopefully he can he can manage it well. But good, take, yeah. good news is is that he's the assistant, right? So he can yeah. be a player's coach. He can he can be just a right uh, someone right. to mentor exactly. some guys, yeah. and and that he can can lean on him to get that job. done. Maybe look.
1: mentor Adam Armour.
0: Exactly. Brandon Davis uh, chimes in. He says, well, CLTFC, learn from the past mistakes. Oh, this is this is one I know that you circled. Yeah. And offer the bobblehead on August 26th as we enter the stadium versus a 10,000-man Royal Rumble <laughs> after the match. Which, by the way, I didn't take part in that Royal no. Rumble. And shout-out to uh, Hannah,
1: who yeah, did. She, her, who did. Her, yeah, she did. Tifa, a tremendous friend of the show, Hannah, she got a, She got herself a bobblehead. And it's, it's a collector's item. I think it's she a, got it's too. A, it's a highly coveted item, so yeah, it's, it's worth it to go for it. I think to answer Brandon's question, yeah, I think they will. I think one thing Charlotte FC does really well is learn from mistakes, and I think a great example of that is the rain-lightning policy, which was an absolute shit show for the first couple times it happened and just got a lot more streamlined as far as Getting, you know, getting people in the stadium, getting the security screeners into into a safe place where they didn't have to worry about being exposed, but not leaving a bunch of people out there standing on Mint street chanting, let us in, let us in. So, yeah, the club has shown an ability to, to learn from mistakes. They also, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there listening that say firing MAR and hiring Latanzio was learning from a mistake as well. So, like, the club has shown the ability to do that, and I think they definitely will. I think... The real learning from the mistake would be to make about 50,000 bobbleheads instead of 10,000 because, like, those are very much in demand. Any, anybody would want one of those things for yeah, sure. Yeah.
0: The supply definitely did not meet the demand. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So let's supply a little but, bit more. But this heads.
1: club learns from its mistakes, so I, I would count on it.
0: Next question, Joe Garcia. We kind of touched on this, but I'm curious about your rapid-fire answer. Mm-hmm. What do you think the dynamic will be between Westwood, Copetti, and Carroll?
1: So, to answer that, I'm going to point to another tweet that I retweeted earlier, <laughs> right before this episode started, from Miggy the Ace God, at Miggy the Ace God, Ace MB, uh, tweeted out Ashley Westwood, Carol Swiderski, and Enzo Capetti is the caption. And then it's a picture of LeBron, Bosch, and Wade, Steph, Dre, and Clay, Michael, Scotty, and Rodman, Mahomes, Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill. Like, just great trios. This is this, like. That's the, that's the ceiling, is that the dynamic is for this to become like a dominant trio that like becomes historically good and runs runs shop in the league. Uh, will it happen? Let's give it a little time. Let's see. I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I think the dynamic should going to be very good because game respects game.
0: The dynamic to me is going to be very awkward at first, because these are three players that are coming from very, very different backgrounds, right? And each player sure. has an ego based on his own accomplishment, which have nothing to do with each other. For instance, right. Capetti's success is in Argentina. Right. Carroll's success is with the Polish national team.
1: And Greece. And Greece. Don't forget, yeah, yeah. PA OK all yeah, day. did very well there. Yeah.
0: And already a great season with Charlotte FC. Sure.
1: Westwood. It's coming from the Premier League, right? He's gonna be like, if he if he sees as, you know amateur, slackish behavior, he's gonna be like, what the fuck, guys? Like, yeah, like this is not my standard for sure. And Copetti uh, one thing that you know, one thing that points to maybe some awkwardness, and this could have been lost in translation, but I saw one transcription of a Copetti quote. You know, he did the, almost the entire press conference in Spanish, uh, so something like I said, it could have been lost in translation. But I read the
0: said, I read the quote earlier, there was, there was, and yeah. I and I like massaged it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, you, he you, said,
1: yeah. He said he said something like. Carroll would be good at getting me the ball. <laughs> you know, I was like, I can't wait for this guy to to be, and like, when Carroll was the guy that everyone was trying to get the ball to last year, if he's gonna be asked to take on a different role, it's gonna be a, maybe an adjustment. I, again, I think the ability for him to play that role late in the season last year and thrive in it is gonna make that pretty easy. I, th- I think Carroll wants to not be, you know, have the burden of being a main number nine with, with no service. I think Carroll likes the idea of being able to serve up assists and I think Carroll's still going to get his goals. I think I boldly threw out the number 30 goal contributions for Enzo. Might be a little ambitious since we're not anticipating a lot of assists from him, like you said. I, let's, let's revise it down. Let's say 20 goal contributions from Enzo and 15 from Carroll. Easy.
0: Sign me up for that. Next question comes from Hunter Thorpe. How, and I love this question, by the way, because I think this is something that needs to be discussed. How do our jerseys work? Do we get a new one every year? or do we get a new one every 2 years?
1: Well, I think we change it we change one jersey every 2 years, right? So yes. so and, but it, except for the specialness of the one year Mint City uh, community kit. The community kit was the mint mint and black this past year and it changed after one. And, but then the the blue and white uh, Carolina's kit that's our home kit, that is two, that will be changed after next season. Right. That'll get a redesign after next season. And what it's supposed to be whatever our new our pink and purple kit, or whatever that, that comes out this year, it should be our community kit for two years, and then that'll change every two years. I believe that's how it works.
0: Well, it's gonna have so to work we, So that we way. get
1: one new kit every two every year. We get one new kit every year, basically, but one of them, each one sticks around for two years. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yes, that that's a good way to put it. in. and and the 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 blue kit with the white sleeves, the inaugural kit that was unveiled uh, at Camp North End. That this is the last season for that kit. Yeah. So make sure you get some your hands on it. Uh, make sure you get a kit and in, enjoy it this year because uh, it's the last year that the club will wear it. And finally, the last question is from Levi Clanton. He says, what are your predictions for our starting 11 for the match against the Revs on the 25th? And I've got to tell you, Levi, you're going to have to tune into the show the week of the match.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, we got no clue. <laughs> I'm going to have to see some preseason uh, action and see how the rotations go first. before yeah, I can I'll, I'll
0: never forget one of my classes in college where the professor always had tests with just fill in the blank answers like no multiple choice right. just a question yeah. and you either write the answer and you, you know, know it, it or, you don't. or you don't yeah and this is a question that i'm going to leave blank yeah cuz i don't right. know the answer
1: don't want to lose points on this one yeah. exactly so uh did i miss any questions we got one late late send in it just happened minutes ago oh uh, what's our ceiling and what's our floor this year? Oh, my. From Jorge Torres, Jorge <laughs> oh, T, PhotoVid, yeah. great, great Tifos.
0: Great to hear from Jorge. Uh, appreciate,
1: you know, your contribution. Up and coming to the, photographer to on the, the scene, we, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: We, we We're going to have to get together here soon. Um, ceiling.
1: Ceiling's MLS Cup winners. We can. I think we can win it. I, don't, I think LAFC had a good year last year. Philadelphia's going to be strong again. But a lot of other clubs have fallen off it's our chance to go seize it. Our ceiling is winning MLS Cup easily. Floor? Our, our, our floor, our floor is, our floor is probably like, finish, like in the bottom five of the league. I think, I think there's a chance it all goes wrong. We're still, you know, there's like, there's still worst case scenarios out there that will, like I said, make us very sad and hurt, hurt us, our feelings quite deeply, but I'm going to choose to not worry about those too much. But there's a chance, like, I don't think we can finish below St. Louis, but I don't, you know, I don't think we can finish below Houston. In, in, you know, if you cross conferences and go league-wide table, but we can finish kind of low if, if things don't go wrong. If worst-case scenarios, like I said,
0: I'm going to take a different approach and answer this question because a different approach than you and answer the question in a way that, to me, ceiling is supporter shield. Okay. Because I think that the squad has the depth and the talent to, like, go on a right. basic eight-month run. Sure. I don't think they have no experience in the playoffs. It's going to be really difficult. Gotcha. Makes sense. Right? So I think, like, Supporter Shield support that. Would, would be the ceiling. and I think the floor would be last season. Yeah. To just do the same thing again. <clears throat> and get, get to the end of the, uh, the season. Right. And be fighting for a playoff spot on the final day. And just coming up just short. Yeah, that to me is the floor.
1: That's, the, that's a talk. decent floor, yeah. yeah.
0: So, with that, uh, that's that's tonight's episode of the Charlotte Soccer Show. We're here at Triple C. Appreciate you hanging out with us. Couple, couple different moves tonight. Uh, some rain that popped up. Uh, we, we had to change locations. Hopefully, it didn't screw up the audio that bad. I don't think it did. The beers are flowing. Uh, the beers are flowing. A fantastic episode of the show. This weekend, I'm going up to the mountains. I'm going up to Seven Devils. And Danny Brams,
1: you're heading down to a place where Enzo (laughs) Capetti is not. I'm down in Mexico next weekend, baby. I can't wait. Going to, uh, it's been great. It was great that we were listening to some jam bands earlier. I'm going to big uh, widespread panic jam festival down in uh, Panic in La Playa in, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, It's not Puerto Vallarta. It's Puerto Vallarta. I've never been to Mexico. One of the resort towns down there, south of Cancun, <laughs> that I can't, I can't pull out of my head just yet, but yeah, I can't wait. And I've been traveling a lot these last few weeks, and I need to take this trip and have a good time, and then come home and take a nap for about thirty-six hours. So, just go. You're a
0: legend, bro. You've been all over the place. Just keep going strong. Yeah. You, know, you, you can sleep when you're dead, my friend. That's you know, true. Yeah, that, that's. Um, And that's not going to be for a long, long time. But just for this weekend, get after it. Have a great time, dude. No, I just can't wait. I did
1: did Phoenix two weeks ago, which was amazing. L.A. this past weekend, which was ultimately disappointing but fun. And now Mexico, Uh, you know, traveling full. This is my my preseason. You know, Charlotte guys are out down there training in Florida. I'm out there getting hammered at at concerts (laughs) and uh, football games. So there you go. Stay
0: tuned to the show. Stay tuned to our Twitter feed as well at For the Crown Baby. We have a, a, a bunch of announcements hopefully coming out in the next month. Uh, I would circle Valentine's Day. You know, we love Charlotte FC, we, we <laughs> certainly do. Spread the love. So I would circle Valentine's Day as maybe um, in about a month or so, we'll, we'll have a full plan for the season, I'll let you know about road game watch parties, let you know about some additional content that's going to come your way for the 2023 season. One thing I love about MLS is that. It's not like a wraparound season where you have to say 22, 23, Right, seasons. it all happens in the same place. Yes, it's 23, year. baby. I like that, yeah. 2023 season. I do, I do prefer that. We're here. It's the new year. You can follow me on Twitter at John Hayes on Air. You can follow Danny Brams as well. At Danny Brams, follow at For the Crown, baby. Until next time.
1: For the Crown, baby.